Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. Uh, pretty chaotic. I've been uh, involved 
in uh, the manufacturing and use of meth since about 16. He's led me to prison a couple times, and before coming to the uh, refuge, I just uh, had that feeling like something terrible was going to happen, whether it be back to prison or worse. And uh, my family came to me with the, uh, you know, with this refuge, and I agreed to go. And since being here, I have, uh, I don't have that terrible feeling, you know, that something terrible is going to happen. And I have hope for the future, and I have uh, started a relationship with God, and I've made some. Uh, you know, real connections through the ministry with other guys that are going through with me. And I have uh, hope for the future. And so if you're sitting there, listen to this in phase one down on the farm, just, uh, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. And, you know, if you're struggling, just ask God for help. And uh, He's there. He'll be with you. I know He's with me. And things are a lot easier. I'm not doing it by myself. What I'm looking to get out of the ministry is just to... Uh, you know, start, you know, walking with God and just and take it, you know, back home and, uh, you know, be a positive influence on, you know, those around me instead of uh, a negative one. Hi, my name is Joe Knowles. I'm 41 years old. Been at the refuge for a month now. A couple months back, I uh, started picking up a little heroin problem and ended up dead in the back of a paramedics when they woke me up they asked me what I was doing I said oh nothing nothing they you know they sat there and talked to me until they got me to admit that I had done some heroin that day and they got me to the hospital one of my friends was the nurse she told me you gotta change your life you gotta do something about this and I realized then that God gave me a second chance I better do something with it I had to change my life around I heard about the refuge got a hold of them come on down here and made my uh, made my testimony up talked to the Guys, they sent me to the farm, and I'll tell you what, it's the best experience I've had. God really started working in my life. He took my urges away. He took my withdrawals away. Gave me some good brothers. We worked hard. We did some fun things. We had a lot of fun. It was like a, just like a turnaround in my life. I've been doing really great, and God is, God and Jesus, they're the whole reason this is happening for me. And I just can't wait to find out what I'm potentially going to do this next year. I'm going to become a man of Christ. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm not just going to talk the talk, and I'm just excited to see what my potential is, and I know that I'm meant for great things, and the refuge is going to help me get there. And now we turn to the New Testament, and our reading today will come from the book of Acts, chapter 7, verses 1 through 29. The main thrust of Stephen's message is that Israel always resisted the truth and rejected the deliverers God sent to them. They opposed Moses and repeatedly wanted to return to Egypt. They opposed Joseph, and he later became their Redeemer. They rejected the many prophets God sent to warn them and call them back to His way. Finally, they rejected their own Messiah and crucified Him. Israel's history reveals the patience of God and the hardness of man's heart. But it also reveals a ray of hope. Israel rejected their deliverers the first time, but accepted them the second time. This was true of Moses and Joseph, and it will be true of Jesus also when he returns. Now, Stephen's death was the third murder in Israel's history and a turning point in God's dealings with the nation. They had rejected the father when they allowed John the Baptist to be slain. 
They had rejected the Son when they asked for Jesus to be crucified, and now they have rejected the Holy Spirit. There could be no more forgiveness. The line had been crossed, and the gospel moved out to Judea and Samaria. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. June 9th, the New Testament, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 29. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, Leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land, where they would be oppressed as slaves for four hundred years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said, and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day, and the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob and when Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him, and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom, so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt, and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, seventy-five persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was forty years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites 
would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Today we're reading Psalm 127, verses 1 through 5. Do not forget the Lord. Jesus warned, without me you can do nothing. And that truth is illustrated in this psalm. What good is all your working, watching, and waking if the Lord is not with you? Long hours and sleepless nights are a waste apart from the blessing of the Lord. This psalm is not a plea for idleness, for God expects you to work and watch, but He wants to work in you and to accomplish His will. And then, do not neglect your family. What good are a lovely house and a big income if the people in your life are robbed of the joys of a happy home? Children are a gift and a heritage, so appreciate them and guard them. They are like fruit, so lovingly cultivate them. They can be arrows for fighting the Lord's battles, so keep them polished and sharp and aimed in the right direction. Give yourself to building a home, not just a house, and building for the future, not just the present. Psalm 127, verses 1 through 5. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A Psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to His loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them! He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Proverbs 16, verses 28 through 30. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Violent people mislead their companions, leading them down a harmful path. With narrowed eyes, people plot evil. With a smirk, they plan their mischief.
shifting sand It's hard to shine In the shadows of the night You can't be free If you don't reach for help And you can't love If you don't love yourself John Sharp, and I'd like to give a affirmation to Nathan Southard, Ben Wilson, and Joe Fisher. Uh, we've been working together this week out at Thompson's on the job site, and uh, these guys have been staying busy, working fast, working hard with a positive attitude and a smile on their face, and uh, they're jumping in. Grabbing panels, moving them around, setting them, tearing them down. It's been a real pleasure working with you guys, and I, I want to say keep it up and uh, and give the glory to God. Thanks.
Hi, this is Pastor Tom. I want to welcome you to day three of our Daring Faith devotions. Faith means trust in God's promises. It's not easy to live by faith. We live in a broken world. And when God kicked Adam out of Eden, he told Adam that life would be hard. And it is. There's a cosmic battle for your life going on both inside and outside of you. The weather doesn't work right. Our bodies don't work right. Our relationships don't work right. You're battle with your own sinful nature. You also battle against Satan himself, who wants nothing more than to steal and kill and destroy. And sometimes it just gets to us. We just want to give up. But in Hebrews 11, God urges you to hang on. God hasn't forgotten you. He will fulfill his promises one day. He promises to give you a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. He promises to take away your tears, Revelation 17. And he gives you many other promises through his word. Hebrews 11 mentions a variety of biblical heroes who demonstrated a faith in God's promises. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, Samson, David, just to name a few. And they endured many difficulties, but they kept going in their spiritual journeys. And then Hebrews 11, 39 to 40 says this, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. And yet none of them received all that God had promised for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. When you feel like giving up, remember the heroes of the Bible and imitate their faith. One day your faith and theirs, it will be rewarded and we will reach perfection together. Let's pray together. Our Father, we pray. I pray that when I feel like giving up, that instead I'd look to you. And that instead of my feelings making the decision, my faith would make the decision. Lord, I might still feel like giving up all day today, but instead of that making the decision, I'm going to decide to trust you. Because you are a God who is trustworthy. And the fact that I feel like giving up doesn't take away one amount of the reward that you promise. And so, God, I pray that in faith today, you cause me to be able to focus on your promise, your promise of reward. I focus on it right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
start the day It's hard to climb the obstacles That sometimes come my way If I make it, I'm a good man Am I a bad man if I fail? I know I'm never good enough So I let grace prevail Oh, I've never been left alone And in a problem that I know Even though I'm to blame There were times when things were dark And I've been known to miss the mark But someone fixed my
stars are hiding in the clouds I don't feel them shining When I can't see beyond my doubt The silver lining When I've almost reached the end Like a flood you're rushing in Your love is rushing in Than I was meant to be And what if I could fix myself Maybe then I could get free I could try to be somebody else Who's much better off than me But I need to remember this That is when I'm at my weakest I can clearly see He made the Dumb talk and he opened blinded eyes to see That the sun rises on his time Yet he knows our deepest desperate need And the world waits while his heart aches To realize the dream I wonder what life would be like If we let Jesus live through you Yourself. 
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.